God's block party. In the book of Acts, we hear how the gospel spread beyond its original group of followers through the work of the apostles. The Spirit accomplishes this work by opening borders and breaking boundaries. And I am reminded of a short Edwin Martin poem. He drew a circle that shut me out, heretic, rebel, and a thing to flout. But love, and I had the wit to win, we drew a circle and took him in. Last week, we talked about Ethiopian eunuch and how, with his baptism, the gospel began to reach the ends of the earth. There, the Spirit removed geographic boundaries from the church. This week, we have what has been called the Gentile Pentecost, the experience of the Spirit coming to those outside Judaism. Here, the Spirit removes relational boundaries and continues to draw ever-widening circles of affirmation in the early church. Admittedly, this week's text is a bit strange. For one thing, it is only five verses long and begins in the middle of a longer story. For another, it cuts away during the sermon to those outside the faith, smack in the middle of Peter's exposition. All of this, however, makes sense in the larger context of Acts, where in the middle of an ordinary life, the Spirit speaks and does some things entirely unexpected. Like I said, this is an odd place to start a lectionary reading. There is a whole narrative taking place in the 44 verses prior to these acts. Allow me to summarize. Cornelius, a Roman centurion, described as a God-fearer, that is a non-Jew, as well as one who is generous in financial giving and devout in prayer. One afternoon, he had a vision where an angel told him that his giving to the poor has come before God as a memorial offering. The angel told him to send some men up to Joppa and to fetch Peter. Being a God-fearing man, Cornelius sent two of his servants and one of his soldiers to bring back Peter from Caesarea. When the men arrived in Joppa, which was about 40 miles from Caesarea. Peter was on the roof, having his own vision. In it, Peter saw a large sheep being lowered with all kinds of ceremonial, uncleaned animals. Then a voice told him, kill and eat, for he was hungry. As one who never eaten that which was considered unclean, Peter protested, surely not. I have never eaten anything unpure or unclean. You may recall that Peter was a bit of a hothead. The voice replied, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened not once, 
not twice, <coughs> but a third time. And still Peter refused. After the third refusal, the sheep was taken up and the vision ended. While he was thinking about this vision, the Spirit spoke to Peter and told him that there were men, three men, waiting to speak with him and he should go with them. The next day, Peter, the men, and some believers from Joppa community set off for Caesarea. Upon arrival, they found Cornelius had gathered his family and close friends to greet Peter. Peter was about to step over the threshold when suddenly he stood. The vision, he was not to call unclean what God had called clean, including people. This realization allowed him to connect with Cornelius in a way that was new and authentic. Cornelius shared his vision with Peter, and what welled up with inside Peter was an idea. that God shows no partiality. This is no respecter of persons. In the middle, his best sermon to these non-Jews, the Holy Spirit upstages Peter and falls on Cornelius' threshold. And friends, this is where we enter the text. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on to all that had heard his message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even unto the Gentiles. For they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. The book of Acts is full of such surprising twists. This is a favor. Peter, wary of even stepping across Cornelius' threshold, now witnessed to the generosity and expansive work of God. The text says the Jewish believers who had accompanied Peter were astonished. I imagine Peter was also. It is one thing to enter a Roman centurion's home, but it's quite another to consider him a sibling in Jesus Christ. Just eight chapters ago, in Acts, the followers of Jesus had received the Holy Spirit. I imagine Peter and company were still getting used to the idea of being spirit-led, speaking in tongues, praising God, going wherever they felt led to go. All necessitated a shift in the way these believers understood the world. Now, these Gentiles will have the same surreal, not quite understanding the work of God in the world. Peter, the leader whose life was constructed around ideas of who was in and who was out, was suddenly drawn into a world where boundaries dissolved. 
spiritual sense. The Spirit drew Peter into a broader circle. In a very real sense. Much like that in which Edwin Markham's poem. It makes sense then that Peter's response was one of astonished recognition of a plain truth. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. As quickly as it began, today's parapet ends. For Peter, witnessing the work of the Spirit was enough to order baptism for his new siblings. In fact, of the four times the Spirit is poured out in Acts, it is the only time the gift of the Spirit comes prior to a water baptism. I imagine Peter remembered the words of Jesus that he spoke just before the Pentecost experience. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Baptized they were, and then now the circle again has widened the baptism of these Gentiles in the Holy Spirit. Gentile Christians have been welcomed by God. Now they must be welcomed by the Mesoraic community who had experienced the Holy Spirit with the end. Peter and his companions were invited to stay with Cornelius' family for several additional days. Where there had been a grudging reluctance to even cross Cornelius' threshold. Now Peter and company took refuge under Cornelius' roof. This would mean, of course, getting to know one another, breaking bread together, and receiving Cornelius' hospitality. This is how the Spirit builds relationships over shared stories and shared tables. In some sense, this text is like God's block party. The Holy Spirit, the great disruptor of the status quo, drew a broader circle around what is meant to follow Jesus and offered the community a new way of, be of being. Peter and friends had been invited to a great celebration and they didn't even know it. Being open to the movement of the Spirit meant Peter and company experienced another outpouring of the Spirit. Watch the church come alive in a whole new way. If the Spirit can work such circumstances, how might we in the church come alive here and now? What kind of circle may we draw here at Salem? What kind of party does God have in store for us? These are the questions we ought to be considering these days.
May we be open to the movement of the Spirit, and may we be astonished by the work of God in this place. Amen. Amen. I believe now.